find out what the journey into the wild is like. We sat with, earlier in the year, a soul that took off on the PCT, the Pacific Crest Trail, and we discussed in depth what it was that they were going to try to journey to, and what it was going to be like viewing and being out in this beautiful abyss of nature. We ain't talking to that cat, though. So instead, we went and got us another cat. <clears throat> this cat, even cooler. Well, I mean, I can't say cooler, but you know what I mean. Anyway, this individual, they are a very seasoned naturist. And they're going to share with us the bounty of what it was to go and hike the PCT. Because fortunately, the abyss of nature is not solely left to one group of venturers. Well, we met... Tony, a.k.a. Nudie Booty Bum, <laughs> when we met Wakafella, um, and you tried to get an, an interview outside of the place where, the one place you can get food in town, and I was inside, and so since I wasn't there to help, somehow it didn't get recorded. I don't know what you're talking about. Again. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Look, she'd be saying this like this happened. Look, maybe the PCT is cursed. It. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, but Tony, could you give us your pronouns first? <laughs> yeah. So hello, my name is Tony. I use they, them pronouns. Um, I, gosh, I feel like that Maslow's hierarchy of need, like up, up top somewhere there is pronoun use. So like, I would rather be respected as an individual, which like you guys do a great job of doing. Um, and then, so if, if you get my pronouns wrong, that's that's okay. We're all learning. But I recently got off the trail of doing about 700 miles of the PCT. And yeah, I met you guys right near the beginning at mile 20 or so. Could you please tell Rosh the story of how you met us? Because you told me, but he didn't get to hear it. And, and the oh, yeah. audience didn't get to hear this. Yeah. So I started the PCT uh, at the Mexican border and... Of course, I started on 420, so I packed myself with edibles, and I was like, I'm ready to go on this five-month journey. I'm ready. And then about mile 15 or so, I was like, why am I carrying all this extra weight? I could just eat these edibles. <laughs> I'm going to let this play out. <laughs> so I come walking into Lake Marina about, gosh five or six edible, like pretty, pretty, have pretty deep into like some melatonin edibles. So and much. then yada, yada, yada. I think I come back to my friend group and I'm like, I think I just got interviewed for a podcast. <laughs> and they were like, you were gone. For like, what happened? Note to self, try to ensure individuals interviewed are not overly inebriated. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure I talked about America and how it was like, super constitutional to like like 
And then he cut in and was like, oh, because we took it from other people? Like, we took the outdoors from other people? And I was like, exactly! <laughs> and that's, like, where I, like, come in and remember specifically and then head back out. Oh, my gosh. I That was an amazing first or third night or so. Because at that point on the PCT, you've been on the trail for, like, two or three days. So it's sinking in that, like, you're not going home. Because usually uh, two or three days on a normal backpacking trip, you turn around and you're, like, headed back home and you're like okay i'm gonna go to a shower i'm gonna go to some chili with like actual bread but all you're eating is dehydrated uh baby food and and pooping in the woods and so that was my day three of like oh my god this is happening i can't believe this so uh, that's right when you guys walked into my life (laughs) so i guess then the question is edible pack why? I mean, you, you packed everything you didn't need to go on this hike, like 50 pounds of, of ebitals. So why do we venture into nature when we could sit right there at the start and just ebitle ourselves out? <laughs> right? Right? For me, I, I mean, everyone has their own reason, right? And that's what you spend. It's a joke that the first conversation you have with another PCT hiker is, what's your trail name? When did you start? And uh, like, why are you doing this? Like, what's your why? And for me, I couldn't hear my gut anymore. Like, you know, that gut feeling, that gut voice that guides you in life and just helps you find kind of peace and centering and is there when you don't really have anything else. It was just so quiet. Uh, That voice was so quiet that I couldn't hear it anymore. And so I felt like I needed to slow down and go somewhere where I could hear it again. And my ex-boyfriend had hiked 10 days of the PCT. And I was like, I could do 11. And so (laughs) it was a little bit of spite, a little bit of growth, but a lot of learning and a lot of growing in a really short amount of time and a lot of blisters. Wait. um, And a lot of amazing people. Yeah. I thought this was going to be the triple crown for you. So no. Have you done the other trails in the U.S.? So I've done, it's called lashing, which is long-ass section hiking. And I've lashed the CDT, which is the Continental Divide Trail that goes through Montana, uh, Colorado, New Mexico. Say that again? Lashing. Yeah, it stands for long-ass section hiking. Okay, can can we ask whoever decided to make that uh, the acronym for whatever that is, they go ahead and change that? Because I look, look, look. Just interjecting. I, as a melanated cat with a history of lashing, not being positive, am not going to tell people young. I be lashing. They be like, why in the fuck have you lost your mind? That's a really good point. I feel like it was one of those people who packed in too many edibles and just like, because I agree with you, especially when you're talking about like Montana and Wyoming and I don't know, not very diverse states, but that's hopefully changing and anyway but so yeah, lashing. So I, I've got, <laughs> I, lashing. so i've i grew up hiking on the cdt which is which runs through montana where i live and i haven't done the appalachian trail um i've heard lots of things about it but i'm hoping to do that when i have like um i'm 
I belong in a family where we have kids who are six and two years old. So I would love if like I could hike it with them someday because it's very family friendly. It's very, there's like shelters every 10 miles. 2023 PCT, bring the churn. We're bringing ours. <laughs> we're, bring, we're, we're bringing our little kids to hike the PCT. <laughs> yes. See, that that's that's beautiful. Are you really? Yes, please come be our guide. We're going to try. <laughs> yes, help. that sounds incredible. Help guide us with your own. I would I would love to. I would love to. That sounds I I've heard of a few families doing it and it's uh it's really cool because you get to see everyone's personalities really shine through. Like you get to see who is like the reader, who really likes to read and just like spend time alone with themselves, who's like a social bug and just likes to meet all the other hikers and yeah, it's really cool. Oh, I'm so excited for you guys. But yeah, is there, I guess my main goal with like coming here and with talking with you guys and then my main takeaway that I received then and hopefully I'm like fostering now is just this like idea that there's no gatekeeping with the outdoors because I feel like it seems so intimidating because it, because it is, and it should be, you should be terrified of it. <laughs> it can absolutely kill you. But at the same time, it's like this beautiful thing you can coexist with. And if there's any way I can help others foster that journey and start taking those steps, like it is, it's everything. I feel that that's what I got from meeting you was that you were so nonchalant about it. Like you didn't even seem like that prepared or worried about, you know, where you're going to find your next meal. What was it? I believe you should. Yeah, it was um, the trail provides. The trail provides. You learned that so quickly because (laughs) I walked into Idlewild, this little mountain town, and I fell in love because a mayor is the dog. Oh, my gosh. Yes, we've been there several times. We we've love met it. The damn dog. <laughs> yes, I would make that. a yearly pilgrimage there. I love that town. <laughs> and I was walking in and I hadn't packed camp shoes because I thought, oh, I'll just loosen my hiking boots and like wear them around looser. The last thing you want to do after you've been walking like seven to 10 miles a day is continue to wear those shoes. And so I was like, all right, I need some camp shoes ASAP. And I roll into town and everywhere was closed. And there were a pair of flip flops, my size in the hotel, like given receive, like take a penny, leave a penny kind of hiker box. And I was like, the trail provides. (laughs) That's amazing. And then didn't you say that you had a lot of help from trail angels too? Absolutely. I stayed at one trail angels house for almost a week just these total strangers who I met because I like uh, I was sexually assaulted on the trail, which was just horrible. And so then I like went into town and I really needed like a safe place to be. And these complete strangers opened their house to me and I lived there in their back, like in their garage for a week. And, uh, just kind of healed and processed and a bunch of other hikers came through and I got to meet them and they fed me every night. They gave me a place to live. They would drive me to the post office and to the grocery store, like just this random hiker from Montana who was just walking through their town. I'm so sorry to to hear that. That is one thing that I was concerned about, but I thought would more happen if you were there alone. Were you there alone? I, you I was. I did it alone, and it's funny because 
well, it's not funny, but it's it's a I it was a trail angel who just was not listening to me and not listening to my consent and like my uh, just didn't care about that and he was really inappropriate and it was a trail angel it wasn't a fellow hiker and I never felt uh, at risk with other hikers I never felt worried I never felt um, cause, I mean there's just like people you know you're gonna see a you're gonna see people that you like some people that you don't like a few who you don't want to spend time with a few who you do. I, I, I did hike alone. I did hike alone and a lot of people were worried about me and I did everything I could to like protect myself. And it just, you know, shit happens. And then I ended up hold, processing hold, hold, it hold, for hold, hundreds hold. of miles. <laughs> you say shit happens. I'm calling bullshit. And I'm saying that for this reason. And, and, and you have led us directly to a topic that, I feel is the part of nature we should discuss. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in this case, it's man's nature and his willingness to go against it. Because we have situations where souls like yourself, souls like my wife, should be able to go out in nature and hike freely and never have to feel the strain of fear for any situation like that. I agree. So when we discuss this Sorry. part of nature, I want to discuss first, you represent a number of different communities that want to freely hike and mm -hmm. be able to enjoy nature. We want to go and we want to jump on the PCT. Okay. That's a woman. That's a melanated cat. Those are dangerous groups for us to belong to. And I think it's, a disservice to reality and to those of us who really want to be allies to not have this conversation. So I have to say mm -hmm. that I can only speak so much again because I'm a male. And being that I'm a black male, I'm a target, but at the same time, they're afraid of me. So it's a balance that I just have to weave. So I would hope that you two can kind of talk and discuss this a bit more and let's bridge some, some, some ways that we can help others by destroying these stigmas. I hear you. I'm really glad you said that. I, I agree with you and I haven't taken on that power. Like you said, that representation, I haven't taken on that role because I'm like scared. I mean, who isn't like that's, I'm scared of everything, <laughs> but um, the one thing I know is that like I said, I want everyone to feel welcome outside. And I agree. I'm here for this. Yeah. We, 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 come on. Come on, Wednesday. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't... As a woman, I don't even go hiking on the mountain across the freeway from my house by myself. I would go with the dog now that we have one. Yeah, that's why I... It, but you were uh, so brave to go on that's that's on the a trail by great yourself. point um in the movie wild that, that probably inspired a lot of people but in, that how i found out about the pct um was that movie and um you know there's a scene in there where it kind of like a trail angel right like she runs into a guy and then he invites her to his place and you think things are gonna go really bad but he ends up having a wife and it's okay 
but I wondered if there was also other things that might have happened that they just weren't showing, and I'm and I was sure that it has happened to many women, even if it didn't happen to her in the movie. I spit on your grave. <laughs> what are you talking about? I may have the name wrong, but it's a movie that was initially released in the 70s that was depicting a young feminine spirit that went out to a cabin, I believe, to get some isolation and write. And she was assaulted by a couple of the country boys in town. And when she came back, she got some righteous and divine justice. Mm. And I may have the name wrong, but it was banned because of its depiction of violence and blah, blah, blah. And really, I think it was Oh, women can't be the ones. No, no, no. <laughs> really, I think, it was just, yeah, I think it was just the fact that this woman said, oh, I'm taking my power back and y'all are all losing your weenies in the process. So, yeah, it was gangster. And then they redid it, I want to say, in the <laughs> late 2000s. The original's better, but, you know, they're doing some digs. It was, it, it was, yeah. I gave it three thumbs up, and I only got one. It reminds me of uh, Last House on the left, too. Yeah. And this, like, isn't that kind of cool, though? This feeling of, like, I mean, not to say I'm, like, fighting. I, I, I did hike 700 miles, and that's, like, that's a that's a chunk. <laughs> that's a chunk. <laughs> and that's, uh, it's kind of like this standing up and doing it anyway kind of thing that I've always connected to. And so, yeah, as soon as I started saying, like, you shouldn't do this, uh, you shouldn't do this. You're a, you're like femme. You're you were born well. Like you shouldn't do this. You like don't look like a hiker. You should do that. You shouldn't do this because you're not ready for this physically or mentally. And I was really curious to find the evidence one way or another. I was really curious to find out myself and not let someone else tell me if I could or couldn't do something. So and then that made me face like. What is failure even? Go for it. Did that incident make you end your journey early? And how do you feel about it happening? I mean, like, was there anything positive, I guess, that you gained out of it? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm a very optimistic person and I'm very, I, I, I believe, like, the trail provides, so to say. So for that to happen, to be taken advantage of like that was really shocking. And really, again, it just kind of like shook me. And I felt like dehumanized. And I felt so ashamed because this thing that everyone was afraid of happening had happened. And I felt like it was my fault because I must have done something wrong. I must have not followed the instructions right. Don't we always feel like it's our fault? How is it that the, the and then victim is always... Me. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> right. No, you're, you're... I totally feel you. It took me 100 miles. And that's funny. Like, time, time is kind of measured differently when you're on the trail. And so this happened at mile zero, actually, like right by the border. And um, it took me until mile 100 to realize what was happening. And then I just like, or what had happened. 
and I just like collapsed and was crying and had this moment where I was like, I, I was seriously taken advantage of. And I, I just like laughed it off. You know, I had been like, Oh, that was my bad. I'm so sorry. Like, I think I'd probably apologize. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And it, it just like, uh, it's something you don't want to come to realize. Go processing and a lot of time to heal and so in the beginning i just kind of stuffed it down to answer your question in the beginning i was just like that's not nope we're starting now at mile one instead of mile zero and i knew that the angels the trail angels had nothing to do with the pct like they're not official there's no registry there's no it's just volunteers who call themselves angels and i knew that there was better out there and I knew that something would happen next that wasn't going to be what had already happened. And I just kept walking and then I got really tired <laughs> and I missed home. And I think I missed that like come to center of like after you've processed a traumatic event where you just kind of want to go home and just like feel some comfort. And so I think it did leave caused me to leave the trail early. Um, I'm hoping to go and reclaim it this year and hike it again, start to finish. I'll simply say sorry and that we empathize with what you went through. We'll never understand and hopefully the bravery that you've shown in sharing this will create folks actually doing something about things that put us in the systems that allow this to happen. Yeah, I hear you. I want to more talk about how you didn't allow that to taint the rest of what did become your journey through what was a portion of the PCT. Yeah. It feels as though that you That's absolutely true. You took each step and whether it was I'm I'm gonna fight to this next path or I'm gonna fight to get past this, but you, you took each step and it wasn't I'm in the same place. You were in the same place because you were on the yes. same trail and you weren't going home, but you really took each step to advance yourself, to evolve, to move past. And while you couldn't get the resources that many other people's might have been able to get there was a, a, a very consistent effort in taking each step and moving forward. And I'd like to hear some of that stuff along with, mind you, because I was asleep in our room the other night with a sleeping bag and I had two blankets on top and it was nowhere near as cold as it was out there for you. So I'm curious if you can give us the information we need so that <laughs> we can actually not freeze. Absolutely. Look, day one, there's just going to be a Negro pop on the side of the trail. <laughs> Give me some real stuff or just Negro pop. I love that. Uh, yes. I t thank you for encouraging that balance and thanks for reminding me. And like, you're right. I, I, I really focus on when I left the trail because I truly believe the first step in trying to conquer something like 3,700 miles, something like walking from Mexico to Canada is you have to accept failure. Like, what is failure? Is it failing to show up at the start? Is it stopping after 700 miles? Is it getting a broken leg? Is it what? Like, 
at what point can you learn to like forgive yourself and just with that power you can keep going because you can be like it's okay it's you can like preemptively forgive yourself and i think that's a really beautiful thing that is really hard to learn just on your own so the the things that you did pack that were mm-hmm. necessary what what were they because you said you left shoes you didn't pack real food so i'm curious like yeah the the sleeping bag you packed was it real or did you imagine it like in hook <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, so, the, the hiking shoes you say you had did you make them out of out of little stones you found on the side like I'm, i want to hear this because yeah I'm, 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 I'm having doubts lately i feel like right. because they came from montana and and the east coast maybe part of that trail is uh oh it's it's the West Coast. It's going to be warm. I don't have to worry about this. Nothing compared. Is it without it? Make a new booty <laughs> hiking, right? so funny. Yes, absolutely. So when I started the trail, I had a 30-degree sleeping bag, which is really like a 45-degree sleeping bag. <laughs> Wait, that's so, what we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it makes sense why I'd be yeah. freezing. Yeah. It gets real. It gets cold. It gets cold. I, I was absolutely under the assumption. I was like, I'm going to go to the desert. There's going to be cacti. I'm going to see the cacti with their arms up, like, toward the sun. I'm probably going to see a scorpion, and it's going to be so hot. So I should wear as little clothing as possible. And, and bring did. like. And you did. <laughs> At least in the pictures. It was amazingly beautiful. <laughs> and you did. And I got sunburned, man. I will tell you that. I got so sunburned. And I quickly realized that you actually want to cover your body um, to avoid the sun. So I quickly bought a long sleeve t-shirt with a hood and uh, hiking pants, all non-cotton because cotton's rotten. And um, the funny thing was I did wear two pairs of socks at the same time for all 700 miles. Okay. One, why is cotton rotten? Two, is two pairs of socks a pop benefit or a detractor? <laughs> right, right. So cotton, it, it it's it keeps the sweat on your body, and what gets you cold when it's cold out. And what gets you hot when it's hot out is your sweat that like evaporates on your body as that liquid is evaporating. It, it cools you down or it warms you up. And so if you just want to get rid of that sweat and have it not stick to your body, you put on synthetic fibers. So anything that's non cotton like wool or um, spandex in my Ooh. case. <laughs> um, and uh, that just allows you to, it allows your body to breathe so much better. And it took me about two years of backpacking to realize that included co- um, non-cotton underwear. Mm. So that's the one thing I recommend is don't wear cotton underwear. <laughs> You'll or be miserable. just no underwear and less packing anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And there's your tra- trail name, Freeballing. Perfect. <laughs> oh, God. She just christened me before we even got there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. They just christened me before we got there. No, you're oh good. lord oh that's so funny Wait, um and then uh i was just gonna say to follow up so the thing that you're because it's this crazy feeling where you look at all your belongings 
Like look around you at everything you own. Now imagine carrying that across rivers and bridges, up mountains into towns, not only in towns, but now you're going out to pizza, you're trying to get a taxi, you're trying to get an Uber, and you're carrying literally everything you own. And so the first thing you want to do is stay warm. And so I quickly invested in a zero degree bag, which is my, oh, I need some sort of trail name for it, like uh, a little bag or something <laughs> my, for my sleeping bag. <laughs> But uh, I got a zero degree bag and then I actually packed a pillow. What's in it? Along, like a little camping pillow. <laughs> yeah. Because I wanted sleep to be my number one priority. I knew I would be a cranky bitch if I did not sleep. <laughs> That's one of the things I'm most scared of is not ha like I'm really picky about my pillow. And then just, and I'm a side sleeper, and I just feel like the ground is going to be so uncomfortable. Oh my gosh, I hear you. I am those exact traits. And I also need, um, like, heaviness on me. I love weighted blankets mm. and things like that. I can't sleep just, like, bare. And, but I can hike bare. It's just, it's just, <laughs> just a sleeping part. And so um, I ended up, I mean, it, it's all you know it's all just an experiment but i found that what worked for me in the winter when it gets like negatives is a sleeping pad that's shaped like a taco shell basically and so this hard taco shell just kind of keeps you cocooned in there so when you try to roll over in your night it just kind of gently pushes you back mm. so you can sleep on your side comfortably mm. um and it's it's uh and then they also make insulated sleeping pads so that's for things like if you're not going to be hiking, it's called a through hike. If you're not going to be hiking like from point A to point B, if you're just doing a couple camping trips, those are amazing. I found that when I was hiking, if I brought a pillow, like this, this dumb giant pillow that everyone made fun of me for, and if I brought a really heavy, like, like weighted zero degree bag, and um, you get around that weight by not having a zipper, so it's literally just a quilt that you tuck around yourself like a little egg roll or something. And then you go to bed inside this like burrito tortilla wrapper. I must be hungry because everything just runs <laughs> me up. Yeah, me too. And, uh, and, so, and then I did not bring a sleeping pad, so I didn't sleep on anything. And so to keep me from the ground, because you lose a lot of warmth by being on the ground, um, I had what's called a Z pad, which is just a, a closed cell. Um, basically like a yoga mat that I slept on. A lot of people just use yoga mats and stuff like that. So there's ways to kind of, you have to figure out what you need. Like for me, it was sleep. For you, it might be sleep. Yeah. And then what you can kind of give up. Mm. And for me, it was like, um, I was like, what, what did I give up on? I, I didn't bring toilet paper. <laughs> that was another question I had. And, and I, I'm concerned about <laughs> using leaves to wipe. <laughs> A little bit, of, a little squirt of water. That is so funny. <laughs> exactly, the backpacker no, bidet. What's, you, what's no. the poop? Wait, no, no. Here's the here's the ultimate question. Is this is the only question that matters? On the trail, eating the stuff that we're eating, what is our poop consistency going to be? That's the only question <laughs> well, I that think matters. Only Tony can answer this. Well, that's <laughs> why I'm asking it right now. <laughs> it's it's 
funny. You don't realize how much of your time during a normal day you don't think about what your poop's going to be like <laughs> until you're hiking and pooping exclusively in the woods. Like, it, I mean, that may be for some of y'all. <laughs> Yeah, not to project, not to project. <laughs> we definitely have to learn what poison oak looks like. Mm-hmm. And ivy, all the, all the poison leaves. We need to get a real good understanding of what they look like. Anything that, that will make yeah. the hiney extra itchy. So we might be able but, to use uh, and not use, depending on whatever we're going to use for. <laughs> exactly. I just had a simple bandana that I used for when I peed. And then when I pooped, I had a trowel. So you would dig yeah. about eight inches or so down, poop in the hole, which you get better at. It takes some practice. Just don't fall in the hole. And then how big is this hole? As best as you can. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. How big is the hole? How big is your poop? <laughs> you said eight inches down and don't fall in. I'm saying, how wide is the hole then? Shit. No. <laughs> I don't That's know how I fall in a hole I'm pooping in. <laughs> That's like falling <laughs> in the toilet. <laughs> no, this is like maybe like fist size and then just like, yeah. Okay, just so like my- basically imagine your forearm and, and <laughs> that's how deep you dig down. And then you just poop there and cover it all up like a little squirrel. I presume at some point you had to bury a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, bury it like a squirrel would bury. Something. Oh my bad, Not, my bad. <laughs> bury it like you know a body. Okay, I got that one. <laughs> okay, so my other wonder has been about showering and especially about men man stink. Like, so how whoa, whoa, how long whoa, 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 do whoa, whoa. people go without washing their clothes? But I thought y'all was supposed to love the odor. Natural man. Yeah, I guess more, more, less about the showers because I figure, I don't know, but yeah, the clothes, the clothes, you know, get real. Yeah. Right, right. You, uh, yeah, we're all, we're all a bunch of hippies. We should, we should just all free love. Yeah, but nobody carries deodorant. Like that is an absolute truth in Wild. When he throws out her deodorant, he does what's called a pack shakedown, where you go through someone's backpack and you say, yes, you need this. You maybe don't need this. You'll have to debate me about it. And then you definitely don't need this. So like condoms, deodorant, uh, video games, books, stuff like that. Wait, You're wait, not going to have Wait, you don't need the condoms? What is... <laughs> You've just hiked 20 miles. <laughs> You've been on your feet since 6 a.m. And it is now 9 p.m. And you have to cook dinner and go to bed. The last thing you want to do is try to seduce someone well i don't we don't need to seduce we just kind of lay down and then you know hey we miss each other you know it's not necessarily seduction that's for true. us but the thought that's is true, honestly i guess it's 3700 miles at some point i just figured hey i'm lonely you lonely we like each other we got the condom damn oh, it yeah. we didn't pack that motherfucker <laughs> all right well let's just look at each other and see how it goes <laughs> You know, I actually coined a term for that on the trail. I called it trail tail, like finding trail tail. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the call of the wild is ever persistent. Mm -hmm. And the the answer is towns. You go to town. Like you you go to towns and then you go to town. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you explained that. (laughs) So everything happens in town. That's where you eat real food. That's where you drink uh, um, amazing amounts of beer. That's where you resupply your weed. 
That's where you uh, have sex. That's where you <laughs> masturbate. That's where you shower. That's where you wash your clothes. That's where you just hit refresh as hard as you can. So do you just... And you... Wait, how do you resupply your weed? You just go find somebody at the campground? <laughs> um, it's if funny. You need, the people, trail provides. <laughs> the tr- people look at you and they just know that you probably smoke weed and you're probably almost out. <laughs> yeah, no, because I actually, when we were there, I had a cat look at me and I was like, if I had it on me. I, like, I, my the only thought was, <laughs> if I had it on me, because, yeah, he was hurting. <laughs> I ain't gonna bullshit, man, he was hurting. Exactly. I was at an underpass near Cajon uh, Pass in California, and this guy pulled up to my group, and he was like, hey, my mom just bought a lot of weed, and we noticed you guys hiking and hitchhiking, and we just really have too much weed, so do you guys want some weed? <laughs> and we called it underpass weed, and we, like, <laughs> I, I still, I smoked that for, like, months after. It was this amazingly, like, it was, it was beautiful homegrown, like, it was a California welcome. Oh, okay, well... <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you and you were welcomed in some aspects very warmly. And oh, it seems for like sure. the and trail this- itself was a life altering experience in the best of ways because you were able to find a voice and find your gut. Like so many different aspects. It's funny because so many people have questions about fellow hikers. They're like, aren't you worried that uh, a hiker will be predatory. Aren't you worried that a hiker will steal from you? Aren't you worried that, but the thing is you're all going through the same thing together. And that community builds this bond that is just incredible. And also they don't want to carry your shit. Hmm. <laughs> Another 20 miles. Um, I, I'm hurting and kind of not, I didn't get enough to eat gas. Can you carry me? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so really, it just comes with the problem came with like town people who just don't understand what you're doing. They think you're crazy, but you are. So (laughs) what were you going to say? Well, hold on. Before we go on to the next topic, though, I did want to backtrack a little bit because when we were talking about you representing communities and you had said that you weren't really embodying that you felt like. Um, but then I thought about your Instagram page. So on your Instagram page, you have really beautiful, uh, artistic pictures of nature with you tastefully nude in them. And you don't have the stereotypical, perfect, ideal type of body. So is that not you representing a certain community and being proud of it and showing it to everyone? Like how, how are you brave enough to do that? I hear you. I totally hear you. And first of all, that is the kindest way anyone has ever described my nude pictures. <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody. It's usually like, oh, Tony's got her ass out. Tony's got their ass out all over the internet. Like, no, how are they ever going to find no, it out? No, but, and, and, <laughs> no. I, I want to say I am not uh, confident about my body like that, confident with being nude. And so I really look up to you that you're able to do that. Um, and just post it proudly for everyone to see. Thank you. And for what is supposed to be the voice of such masculine ideas, our view of the images that are posted is that they represent what is supposed to be nature, not just in the art 
not just in representation, not just in body, not just in purity of soul, not just an individual, but they truly represent what we as a society should truly start to ingratiate and put on a pedestal as this is what we want to represent yeah. us as community because it is the best and the worst and everything that we are instead of just this continued gloss photoshop chop shop cut and put a bunch of plastic stickers on it you are one of the sorry tony i want to say your name so folks get it tony you represent some of the most beautiful brave and strong individuals in our society. The problem is we just don't hear your voice enough. That's our take. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I am just like tearing up, pounding my chest, like a freaking man. Uh, I know you have a baby in your arms, so. Oh, fuck that. She oh, gosh. That. <laughs> <laughs> just she knows what it is. A fucking man. Yes. It is a truth. And it is just, I'm, I'm just so. It, it was never even really a conscious decision. I was just like, this is what I look like. And this is what I'm doing with my life. And this is how I'm celebrating myself. And this is what feels good for me. And why shouldn't I celebrate it? And I'm very fortunate that I um, I have a degree of thin privilege. I don't get harassed on the internet yet. But I, I, I've been accepted very gracefully by like um, thin society and by just society in general. And I feel so lucky that I, I don't know. It's just this really beautiful thing that I don't think I respect enough. And I think I can respect more the voice that I do have. And I think it just, it's real, you know? It's what is really happening. And so much of Instagram, so much of everything we consume and that we see is um, fabricated in one way or another. And I just wanted to be like, this is what I look like. This is what the outdoors looks like. And like, if I can do this, like, this is, this is so accessible. If I can do this naked in one of those pictures, I actually got struck by lightning after taking one of those pictures. <laughs> and I, I know, I know. And I, so I, I just, I post in this mentality of like, isn't nature fucking beautiful and powerful? And aren't you scared? Like you should be. And, like bow before her i love it (laughs) was this like a a gentle lightning strike because i mean that's very serious or was this more like wily coyote (laughs) oh my gosh so uh it's called a, a tesla current so when there's an electrical storm everything around it everything encompassed in that storm is like electrified and so the air was buzzing. It felt like I was inside a radio with white noise. The ground was electricity. My partner at the time got like burns on his hands from touching the ground, from walking like with his hands on the ground. So lightning, did, we didn't see lightning strike, but we heard thunder and we, uh, my hair was standing on end and uh, we were what was called caught up in a Tesla current and um that sounds so amazing yeah you want to go you want to go i would yeah okay, I would let's go around. yeah let me too I, I'd, I'd run that foot bitch barefoot i'd be like i'd be like dash on the incredibles watch this <laughs> <laughs> it was 
I'm so yeah. I have uh, I've defied death to get my boobs out there for everyone to see, and I'm, and so God damn it, take it, won't you? <laughs> that's that's kind of how I feel. I'm like whatever, this is out there. Electrical. You guys, my vote. <laughs> So if anyone wants to see one of Tony's pictures, you ha- let us use one of yours for the cover for our Fat Phobia episode. So yeah, thank you, so, thank much you so much for. Oh, that's a beautiful picture too. I, I really like that one, so I'm glad you chose <laughs> that one of me. That was like one of the first ones I took too, and I was like, oh, this feels more than good. This feels like how I'm just supposed to be. So yes, I'm on Instagram as Nudie Booty Bum. Um, N-U-D-E-Y-B-O-O-T-Y and then bum like you know the things you're gonna see on there Hmm. but I just use uh, I just use it to kind of track who I am and celebrate myself can I ask a question that hopefully will give us a roundabout summary of some of this uh, celebration of yourself absolutely we feel that the beauty that you find most in the world is while you're out in the wilds of nature and while your trip got cut short for whatever your gut reason told you it wasn't the right time to finish curious what it's like being back home and feeling that call of the wild what's it like Mm -hmm. now where instead of going all right i got this many miles to hike i got this many miles to hike okay i gotta portion this food or i gotta refill this or whatnot it's now just i'm at home and wish i was out there getting electrified (laughs) (laughs) you summed up my inner monologue on the trail perfectly just gotta gotta eat this gotta refill this gotta poop over there gotta keep walking what time is it oh gotta keep walking <laughs> and my mom used to call me and she would jokingly ask she'd say so what are you up to and i'd be like ha, ha, ha. I'm walking. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it was this funny moment where i was in the hotel room with a couple other hikers and we were going to bed that night and somebody just wordlessly stood up and walked over to the window and opened the window and suddenly we could hear the world again and gosh, it's just this beautiful connection that you realize is there if you really want it to be there. And it's a connection that you realize is so lost in quote unquote typical life that I absolutely miss the trail. I miss the trail every day. I think of it every day. I think of the lessons I learned, the people I met, the stories come up, whether others want them to or not, they're just going to come up. (laughs) And I, I I have started engaging in local community activities, like hiking in my local parks. And I've started talking with more uh, hikers, people who maybe want to get into hiking, but don't know where to start. And I've also just kept my mind on that, that feeling that I had, that stillness when I was sitting by a waterfall in the middle of nowhere, California, when I was eating a day-old grilled cheese sandwich next to a lizard, you know, and (laughs) up in the mountains. Like, it's just these moments that you don't even realize you're going to miss, but they come creeping up on you and they touch you in the most beautiful ways. So we kind of lost Tony there at the one hour mark on um, video chat, (laughs) Um, but I would like to give my final thoughts 
um, and I wanted to talk about why I want to hike the Pacific Crest Trail like Tony did. Why I'd want to do this six-month or more journey with my family, which likely will be more because the kids will be hella slow. But I just really want to get in touch with nature. And I'm really nostalgic about indigenous practices and how we lived off the land before colonizers. We respected the land. We had harmony with the animals. Um, We cared for the land. And we lived together as a community and helped each other and had specific jobs based on our strengths. I want to get more in touch with that and not the way that we're living right now. And I want to be more Buddha-like. I want to get rid of my possessions and find out really how little I can live on and still be happy. And I've learned some valuable things from Tony today, like where you go to find food, sex, and weed on the trail. But um, I also really liked what she's they said about failure and I can plan on going on this Pacific Crest Trail and be determined to go from all the way from the start to the finish but anything could happen and that doesn't mean that I was a failure because I at least tried and gave it my all so I'm going to be prepared for that that reality before we go and whatever happens happens and I'm sure it will be a great experience And um, I think we need to continue to have these conversations about women and people of the LGBTQ plus communities and how we're not really able to enjoy nature and feel safe by ourselves. And nature is the right of everyone, not just men. And I also think we need to have conversations about what we can do to solve this issue as well as legalize indigenous practices and repair what we have done to them and their land. Because they were here first, this is their land. We gave them shitty reservations and we continue to populate that land and destroy the planet. And I would like to point out that when I talked about indigenous people, I used we And then later I used them because I believe that we are all a part of this history on the planet. And I might have been an indigenous person in a former life. Um, I might have been a colonizer in a former life. We all play a part in what's going on in society And we need to take responsibility for our part in all the decisions that we make or don't make. Um, There's a lot of things that we see going on that we just accept um, as other other people's mistakes and uh, misbehavior, but we're not doing anything about it. So I do feel a part of the Native Indigenous community, and I also feel a part of the bad things that are happening to the climate and this planet. So that's all I have to say. And I thank Tony for getting so deep and sharing so much vulnerability with us today and also making a very fun conversation. So thank you all for listening. Be revolutionary. Mm -hmm.